Welcome to Cannabis Data Science right before July 4th. So we'll keep it light. We'll keep it fun. And then I think we'll walk away at the end of the day with a few insights because I think the data is so rich that every time we go out panning, we come back with gold. So sure enough, got a couple gold nuggets uh, today to share with you and point you in the direction of some rich gold veins so you can go mining for gold of your own. Till we jump into this, if any of you have anything to share. So I know it was a long day for you, Jerry. Any Anything on your mind as far as future directions for the group? So next month is a new... A new month, a new quarter, so perhaps we can, you know, turn a new leaf and it's a see. fiscal year for some people. Exactly. So we can see what uh, new topics may be. Well, I, I posted a uh, pretty extensive business model in Slack. I had a conversation with Charles about it. Uh, I'd like to have one-on-ones with everybody just to see what they're uh, their thinking is on what I'm proposing. I, I do have to say right out front that I am uh, 100% opposed to getting involved in NFTs or crypto in any way, form, or, or, or any way, shape, or form. And I just won't do it. I will not be involved in, in that. It's, it's a very uh, unstable foundation to build on. Well, to, to each their own. So the... For those who are new, what is the, the crypto, the NFTs? Essentially, I was trying to find a mechanism that people can get paid directly for their data and their algorithms. And so essentially, the downside of Canlytics is I'm essentially a middleman, right? So if people want to list their data through their algorithms, they'll have to essentially contract with Canlytics we all have to get those listed through a mechanism like, uh, you know, one of your traditional payment providers, and it's just a a lot of a lot of hassle. And what ends up happening is, you know, I'll list my data and I'll list my algorithms, but then I don't think other people get to participate. Um, and so the idea is, what if the what if you know people could somehow post their data and then their data remains private unless it gets, you know, purchased by a particularly interested party. Um, And, you know, just in my exploration of what is going on in the data space, there's a cool company, Ocean Protocol. It looks like they've set up a data market. But like I said, I'm not necessarily sold on it, but it just looks like a way that you could post a a data set. I believe it would be encrypted, so I don't think anyone would have access to it um, unless they essentially from you. Um, So I think it's still early stages for this technology. I, I, I... I just kind of see the way the the tide is turning and I I don't think that 
right? Like, I don't know if these like giant middlemen have much of a like a, a long future, right? Like, do all these, you know, are all these private companies where the executives you know, walk away at the end of the day with a lot of money and then maybe they're using interns, not paying the interns, who knows what's going on. Um, like, is that a, a sustainable business model? Um, it's been sustained for hundreds of years. I, exactly. And that's sort of the point is we've had to put up with this for hundreds of years and like, thank God, like we now finally have technologies that may finally okay. allow like there's there's cutting edge and there's bleeding edge you're on the bleeding edge true this, this true. is this is uh the the uh i i tell you it it's the the amount of theft i mean crypto is for criminals what you're talking about is a totally unregulated system in which you have no protection whatsoever and, and having been burned having had identity theft occurred by my involvement in crypto uh the downside is uh, unacceptable. Well, I'll just push back in that as a small business owner, I already feel like I'm a 100% unrepresented. Like, it's not like I even have a, any sort of legal mechanism, right? Like, the court systems are so biased. Um, and it's, it's basically money talks. Um, like, I've gone through the ringer and, like, I've seen under the curtain. Like, it money talks uh, especially in that realm uh so the problem with I, I, like i don't want yeah, i don't want to no, go on nobody to talk to yeah i don't want to go uh on too 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 much if i have a problem with my bank i go to my banker um like i said uh if this is something like you're interested in check out ocean protocol i'm not necessarily tying analytics to uh the crypto space at all uh however I do explore cool new technologies um, and then I test yeah, them out. It's something I, to explore, but I'm not going to put, you know, I'm not going to put oh, effort I'm, into a, uh, a business that's, that that's paying me in a, in a mechanism that I have no, uh, no faith in. Then don't. Okay. I'll see you later. Take care. Okay. Like, <laughs> you know, and, and that's sort of, uh, the way it is right and that's sort of my attitude now is uh you know i'm uh you know seeing the industry getting captured by big players and we'll actually talk specifically about that today so as i said I'm not even really here to, to talk about cryptocurrency. I'm here to talk about statistics. So why don't we change gears? Because that's what I know at the end of the day. That's what we're in the business of doing. We aggregate cannabis data and provide statistics as a service. I was looking at a mechanism for other people to get paid. That's the way you know I currently do this. So I actually kind of like that it's controversial because I don't think if you're not stepping on toes, then I don't think you're making progress. So I think Canlytics does an awesome job at lighting people's pants on fire. And I'm proud for that and going to keep paving the way forward. So I think we're in good territory. So I'll go ahead and share my screen.
and you two will be in for a couple golden nuggets. So, I saw an article the other week where there was a cannabis company. So, there's a... Where does the story begin here? So, there's Respect My Region, which is a... I don't want to miscategorize them, but I guess they're like a culture branding, marketing company out of Seattle, Washington, I do believe. Hey, John, we're off to a rocky start, but we're going to just keep paving the, paving the way forward here. But long story short, okay, there's noise. There's a company, Jungle Boys, coming into Florida. Okay, so what was controversial about uh, the Jungle Boys before I go further? Uh, if I so, may ask. Uh, just over on the East Coast, um, there's a really big push against MSO taking over all of these smaller licenses that were originally awarded to smaller companies. Um, just like from a consumer standpoint, you know, you're, you've got dwindling choices whenever you've got fewer and fewer companies um running the market well kimberly hopefully you'll stay to the the end because i do have something to say to that so you kind of i guess cut straight to the straight to the point there um my apologies well it's not a no apologies there but uh if you're all on board here, let me go through. Uh, well, uh, yeah, we'll 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 save it. We'll save it for the uh, the end here because uh, it's sort of a sort of a long story to tell here. Okay, so it's, it's controversial. So we've got some uh, the company uh, from the West Coast entering into the the Florida market and. Okay, uh, so 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 we'll so please stay tuned to uh, to the end because we'll we'll kind of get to that. So I'm gonna sort of walk to walk through the story. So so we'll kind of keep that in the back of our mind. Now we'll sort of just enter into the the realm of statistics. We'll touch on statistics here for a little while, and then sort of circle back with our story. So essentially. All right, now, now, okay, so cannabis industry, okay, it's not great. Now we run into the machine, machine learning and also not necessarily great. You see, okay, you've got people and what you see a lot is people are kind of doing away with the, the, the statistics that underlies all this. And, you know, we may kind of need to get back to the theory. So three, you know, three big problems. And, you know, these may even kind of even be similar overlapping problems with the cannabis industry in its own way. So three big problems. So dependency. So depending on your data, you may get an entirely different outcome. Consistency. Depending on how you go about training your models, you may get an entirely different outcome. Finally, transparency. Does anybody even really know what's going on? I see a lot of hand waving, like 
Um, I see people just saying, oh, well, we're, we're going to use Model X. And then I look into it and, you know, maybe, you know, maybe the model is appropriate, but, you know, it should be standing on some, you know, theoretical foundations here. Cool. Uh, sorry, I'm sort of all over the map, but uh, I'll, I'll tie it all together. Now, so, okay, so now where are we going with this? Okay, so we've got a lot of reviews data and we can actually use machine learning to get a measure of, for example, people's, you know, emotion, right? How do people feel about Jungle Boys? Uh, you know, how engaged are people with Jungle Boys? When they write about Jungle Boys, are they depressed or not? Uh, does this correlate with someone's personality? Um, how intense are they about this? So for example, you know, I just learned about this company, uh, honestly, just uh, in the past couple of weeks. So my intensity may not be the same as someone who's known about uh, the company for a longer time. Firstly, polarity, positively or negatively, right? Do you have a negative view of Jungle Boys or a super positive view of Jungle Boys? So essentially, these are all metrics that we can start to sort of tie into uh, this concept. Um, and so basically, where was I going with this? Uh, sorry, I got a little frazzled at the beginning, but I should be able to bring it all together. Essentially, Respect My Region, they, fo they focus on culture. Um, and they say, oh, you know, culture is what matters. And what I say is what's cool is when we can tie the data into uh, the culture, right? So uh, instead of just going off of uh, like narrative, so to speak, we could, act, we could actually tie in uh, some data with our narrative. Okay, so just going to show you the data real quick because it is cannabis data science after all. And then we'll, uh, you know, as I said, we'll, we'll, we'll tie it back into the cannabis industry here at the end. Um, okay, so now that we're to the data, hopefully can move through a little less frazzled here. Um, also, I, I may skip this little bit here at the beginning on personality, but that's a aspect that I think we should look at in upcoming weeks is essentially the idea is different personality types respond differently to different stimuli. And so I was thinking cannabinoids are in fact stimuli. So it would just be interesting to wonder, you know, if different personality types respond differently to different cannabinoids or terpenes, what have you. So that's sort of theoretical, but uh, mm, uh, but some but something that, that can be done. Um, 
the the main thing I wanted to to share with you today was the these eight metrics that it would be awesome to start collecting from reviews. And so, um, well, while this is loading, uh, I'll just share with you the work that can be done. And so we don't have to necessarily repeat ourselves, right? We don't want to reinvent the wheel each time. We just want, I, I was actually thinking about this analogy more, you know, we just want to put some, some really cool wheels on a skateboard and, you know, go do, go do some tricks. Uh, <laughs> um, if the analogy uh, is funny to you or not. But the long story short is there's a really cool company out there, Centic. Um, so they have an API. I just emailed them to get an API key and they were pretty quick with the response. Um, the API keys, of course, you know, need to be kept private. I'm still reading their terms of service. So please feel free to read the terms of service yourself and apply for an API key if you wish. And then they have these metrics nicely packaged behind API endpoints. And so whether we can utilize theirs or they also have open sourced all of their code. So I was maybe going to see if we can't sort of like mix and match or just get all of the the best parts and package them behind our own API. But the idea is, um, and, and please check out their work because they've done really rigorous theoretical work, statistical work, backing up their algorithms. So I think this is a really good starting point, but we don't necessarily just want to use this as a black box. So we don't necessarily want to use these as a black box. So over the, I was going to try to do them all in one go, but I, I was a little ambitious, but we can at least get through these first two. The idea is instead of just using their algorithm as a black box, which we can definitely do in production, it would be nice to kind of pick these apart to see what is going on under the hood. So we'll actually do that just, you know, right now. So we can go ahead and read in all of these strain reviews that we may have. And then the idea is there's a, a couple ways that we can go about grouping these. So for starters, if you were interested in getting a user profile, you could aggregate all of the reviews by user. And so I believe we began to look at that but I just wanted to, to point out a, a little insight that we can find. And then uh, I'll show you two new applications afterwards. Um, so just uh, part in the data loading. And basically the, the, the two other applications are, we can also look at strains and then finally we'll look at brands, right? Because that was sort of where we, entered the the space was you know what's essentially the the sentiment around jungle boys um, and we'll just try to you know look at the data um and then i tie it in with uh, the narrative but this is taking a hot minute so if there's any other thoughts comments questions i'd be happy to hear them but then we can pay forward
from from Kimmy. Um, as you move forward uh, using this data, I think something to really consider and something that I'm sure you probably already have is um, that there's a huge difference from state to state in, in all of these metrics. Um, and every state uses different metrics to, to decide what products to make and how their patients are feeling about it. Um, and just, I think it's really important that any analysis that's done is done on, you know, like a sample of a certain state's data as opposed to a national sample. I, I definitely agree with you. And it's pretty, pretty easy to find the, the state variances, right? They, they vary on many different metrics. So you're, you're 100% correct. I guess the, 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 two, the two things I would say was one, I guess, please just, I guess, acknowledge the, the shortcomings of this. So please take everything as a grain of salt. Hopefully the statistics can still be reused, right? You can still use the same statistics with your better data. So that's sort of the idea is, you know, the statistical models can be used as tools, but they're only as good, your outputs is only as good as the data. So let's just keep in mind that this data is, we'll just, we'll just assume it's the worst um so let's you know not weigh in too too much at, or let's just not really weigh our results at all so so this is more just a demonstration of the statistics versus trying to to draw conclusions what we're doing today and then second i think uh so i think i think that's all i i think i have to say other than i think you're spot on in that if you did have a review data set and you knew where the reviews were coming from, so you knew like sort of the user location, so you knew like state by state, then that would be incredibly interesting. And then, so for example, we're about to do sentiment analysis. And so it'd be interesting to do a sentiment analysis of say, Jungle Boys state by state. Um, so say, so that way you could actually kind of part, parse out if sentiment's different. Um, in Florida versus uh, on the West Coast. That that's actually a, br a brilliant uh, a brilliant thought you that you brought up. So so as I actually like to, I kind of realize this and kind of want to to drive this home is all of your questions, comments, thoughts, ideas. These all help move the ball forward. So. You know, I may be punching keys, but that's only part of the picture. So the, you can't complete the puzzle without every piece. And so all the questions, all the feedback, all the listening ears, those are all critical pieces. Okay, cool. So without droning on, let's just go ahead and get into it because I think uh, this, the narrative here is almost more interesting than the, than the data. But I'll at least show you how the how the statistics is done. Um, but long story short, uh, you can aggregate all the reviews for all the different users. So, you know, luckily they, they've used pretty uh, 
uh, I guess anonymous names. Uh, right, we don't really want to be dealing with actual people's names here. But uh, I guess we'll you know we exclude the anonymous ones, um, and, and just do a little bit of cleaning up on. Uh, we just do a little bit of cleaning up on their reviews. And basically, uh, what I've done here is basically for each user, I've just taken five random reviews. So the idea is you can kind of see, start to parse out if there's any differences by user, right? And so the idea is if every user is exactly the same, it's probably not going to be meaningful to do statistics with. Um, and so that's uh, something a professor told me is, right, you, you kind of want to look for variance, right? So the more variance you see, the, the more applicable statistics are. So we can see, okay, this is pretty simple, right? Different users use different amounts of words. And so the idea is you can start to find little intricacies like this. Um, and then it's essentially many of these facets that are being used in these, these AI models. So they basic, so I was looking at their paper and they basically just use, you know, hundreds of metrics like this. So they just use things like word count uh you know they just everything under the sun uh sentence length grammar word choice so they just use all of these metrics and then they have a training data set so they have someone who wrote an essay and took a personality test and then they just basically fit a really really good regression model so it's, you know, they just basically try a bunch of these factors and just see, you know, how this helps predict personality. Um, so uh, so that's sort of what's, you know, what, what's going on under the hood is, you know, not only do they look at word count, but, uh, but, but it, it, this is just basically a metric and then this is used uh, for prediction purposes. Uh, but before we get to the abstract, let's look at a few more concrete things we can do with this. Um, so the idea is, okay, well, you can take, right, you can take out, so this is, these are these people's essays. Um, so you can take out all of the filler words. So all the, you know, this, the, a, is, and then what you're left with is, are, essentially all the words that different users chose to use. And this is once again, quite fruitful because, so this is, I think kind of where the personality comes from is right. Perhaps uh, there's sort of a correlation between the words people use and perhaps their personality, but that's sort of rushing ahead way to the end. The idea now is what's just sort of the, positivity so you can kind of see <clears throat> question hey keegan are these essays all for this written for the same prompts uh, the, well 
um, the training data set you mean? Well, these the word count comes from essays, oh. right? What are what's the prompt for the essays? Do oh, in this case, my essay are strain reviews. So I just I just compiled five strain reviews. So these aren't these aren't actual essays. Um, I'm just more thinking about this as like uh, like a corpus of somebody's work work. So people are writing a page and a half with your work of of strain review. That's pretty amazing to me. Well, I mean, some people like to talk. Jeez. Actually, we'll actually have those exact statistics here here in one second. Um, and so the hmm. the idea is, if perhaps you know if somebody's writing longer reviews about your strain, you know, that may, that may be a good sign. Um, but we can start to, you know, tie, you know, tie it all together. But here I'll hurry up and get to the strain since that I think maybe the more interesting part here, but basic, the, the one little nugget here that uh, I found was, okay. So just to kind of show you how this works, you can kind of just do a polarity score of different words. Um, the best uh, is like, so best is positive. Uh, and then I think the idea is, you know, the very best, right? The, the algorithm can essentially kind of determine that, you know, the very best is more positive than the best and you know you know the very worst let's see if they can handle that and so then you know oh this is the very worst okay you know you get a negative score so so once again we don't want to reinvent the wheel so this is a point where we're going to stand on the shoulders of giants we're going to essentially have to assume that the people who've done this work on the polarity scores, you know, did a rigorous job. And from briefly poke, looking under the hood, it looks pretty rigorous. It looks like there was, I don't want to speak too much about it, but, um, but essentially it looks like, you know, it's, a lot of psychologists have sort of been working on this. But once again, if this is something that you're particularly interested in, please poke under the hood um, at that point. Is there a question? Yeah, hi. Um, not to go too deep under the hood, but doesn't context matter when writing? I'm sorry, doesn't context matter um, with the polarity scores? Can you uh, speak a little more to that? Um, um, like in case you use, like it's not um, the very worst. Yeah, I, I'm not really. I mean, from the uh, keywords you had selected, it looks like, you know, classic, muddy. Other words, they. Um, oh, they could be used in different contexts to give a different um, <laughs> score. Like, that I would believe, right? Is that not something that could change the data at least 
Um, it sounds like that lack of specificity could be adding noise to your data, Emmanuel. I'm not sure if that's what you were trying to say. Yeah, is that something that um, we should be giving them? Like, so if I'm interpreting this correctly, the way I would, so you're basically saying like you know a user may use the word like gas to mean good, but that's not captured in the data. Exactly. Exactly, and so I think this is where you can basically enhance the model. So I do believe maybe I you may need to dig into the documentation, but I would like to believe that this is sort of the the baseline. Like I think it's just using sort of a a baseline word mapping um, that's pretty basic, like maybe like sixteen thousand words where they've got best and good and all the real rudimentary words. And I think you could essentially improve upon it somehow if you had your own mapping between like gas is like a good word in the cannabis space. Um, so, if I may interject, please. Um, it, I, I think in trying to get that more specific sample, um, that's when you would be really digging in deeper to see what words mean what. I think that's where you're going to be getting that context. You're going to have to look at each sample differently because, you know, some people might be using the word gas. Some people may be using the word fire. Um, a word for bad out here on the East Coast is boof. I don't know if people use that. So, like, it, it's something that I think you'll really have to get into when you're looking at your data set. And then you're just going to have to, like, dig into the data and see, like, what words you're actually seeing spot on and i may have to refer to uh the prior week or i'll have to share some code with you because we we did you you can f uh find the the most frequent words that are used so a strategy would be okay what words are people frequently using and then you may want to go and kind of code those uh, positive or negative. I mean, and then see if you can't supplement your algorithm. So that way, if people are using the word fire, gas, or lit, or, you know, what have you, some of this slang um, in the cannabis space, you know, maybe, you know, it, it may be worth your while to, to hand code, a, you know, 100 words or, or what have you. But uh, I guess it's just sort of a cost-benefit thing, right? You can always uh, keep making your model better, um, but I guess there's only like a marginal benefit and there will be a marginal cost. Um, hey, Keegan. Please. Appreciate um, it. Along this line, why don't you quantify a couple of words that are recognized kind of culturally and um, – yeah, boof may is an interesting word. Um, it may, I think it typifies kind of not so good attenuated cannabis. Um, it's going to be tough maybe to link that into the strain reviews and the content. But words like dank, words like gas could easily correlate with strains. We kind of know what that is. So if you simply did a, a word, a review count, that includes words like dank and gas and see if it maps to what we know to be the strains associated with that, that would be an interesting initial validation of this approach. I think you're, 
here, let's see if there's the frequency here. I think we can do it pretty quickly here. Let's just do it. Um, uh, and in fact, you should maybe do dank versus gas and see what's used more. I think at that point, we would be answering a different question. Um, but I'm all with it. So, well, maybe the question is slightly different, but I'm trying to approach how to validate a language processing on a set of reviews. And, you know, I go immediately to do strain specific review words like what we just mentioned, correlate with strains that we know would be in that bucket. You know, I hope that's clear. I think you're onto something, John. And this is what I mean by every time you go panning for gold, you almost can't help but walk away with something. So I think you're right. I think if you essentially looked at the most frequent words, you've kind of got to, you know, filter out with just some that bubble to the top, like great and strain. Um, but there, I think there's something to that, right? And that's specifically what the personality prediction algorithm that's one of the key tools that it leverages is i th i think there is i think the psychologists do believe there's a systemic difference between the word choice that people use um mm. but uh, and if they use different words for different strains then that would be quite quite a fine but but here i'll I'll go ahead and get to the strain since I as I think that's the more interesting part here. But the idea is, you know, you, it, the, the, the application for this would be if you were going to say you were running a dispensary, you had a bunch of users. Well, you could basically try to ask for their reviews. And the, the idea is you could see if somebody left a review. So here somebody just leaves a random review. Well, instead of just saying, oh, you know, is this a good or a bad review? You can actually measure that. And you can say that, you know, this would actually uh, wasn't actually the best review in the world. So it's so here. This is a long one. But as far as, you know, intensity goes, it's sort of in the, the 23rd percentile. Um, and if you just start to pick at this, you know, it didn't affect my mood at all. Uh, I explored sativas and I still do, but I need a good indica. Uh, Whatever that means. <laughs> so, so we may need to, to find it different, but the long story short is here. Let's see if we, so this looks like a positive one. You can basically, you know, determine you know that and once again take this as all a, a grain of salt right it's not the best data in the uh, it may not be the best data in the world but the idea is if you've got a corpus of reviews you can then start to you know rank them so uh and these actually may be user specific but you can basically find out you know is this utah is this user you know above average happy or you know, less than average happy. Um, 
Oh, and then uh, the the real quick application is uh, you basically uh, the idea is right. It's probably a lot of people are going to be happy with this, but the idea is if you're running a company, right, you want to identify people who are unhappy and see if you can't rectify that. So here you've got a bunch of reviews. Well, here you can basically, you know, pick out like the most negative review, you know, if, if that was a, uh, you know, something uh, you wished. Let's see if we can't print this out somehow. Okay, so here, here's, here's like the, the most negative review. Um, um, and just from kind of reading through this, it, this is almost something that, you know, if you're a dispensary, it, if you were able to kind of catch this and get back in touch with this person, you know, you may be able to, to kind of salvage their customer relationship because it sounds like, you know, I, 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 you know, sound like they maybe had a, a mediocre time. Uh, you know, got me slightly high, lasted less than an hour. Great pain relief, but gives me bad munchies. Uh, so if for whatever reason you're able to, uh, I don't know, provide a strain that provides less munchies, um, which more research would need to be done there, then perhaps you could help this consumer out. But, okay, but I'll, I'll quit, I'll quit worrying with that because that was, I think this is actually the more interesting part since all, since this is where most of your questions have been so far. So that's cool. We've, we've done that. You, you can group, uh, reviews by user. Well, now we can actually group reviews by strain. And we actually have a, a, an enormous amount of reviews for some of these strains, I realized. Um, you know, so some we may not have as many. So just for this analysis, um, I don't know if this was pertinent to do or not, so I'll let you be the judge. But I restricted the analysis to those that have more than 30 reviews and then i selected 20 random reviews of those um so the idea is we that way we're kind of comparing comparable bodies of work right that way the the corpuses are about the same length um i don't know if that matters or not but i just kind of was thinking that you know you may get a different reading from you know 600 reviews than you would from 20 so so please please explore to see if this is pertinent to do or not but the idea is okay just like before we can basically create essays for for all the different strains so this these are basically 20 random reviews for these strains and so then well, just like we said before, you can actually start to see which strains, you know, people are, you know, talking more about. Um, and so 
this just was sort of a fun idea. But, uh, you know, one of the, the effects was talkative. Um, so it would just be kind of funny to see uh, if the effect talkative had any correlation to the number of words in a strains review. And then, so, and now we can get to the fun part is you can actually, right, you can look at all the, you know, the words that people are using for different strains. And so, uh, John, this is actually right up your alley where you can start to see, like, you know, are people using gas or fuel a lot for particular varieties? But today we're, we're just sort of looking at positive, negative. And so what you can do is you can actually rank the reviews for these strains from, you know, positive to negative. And so what this got me thinking about is, or, you know, you have these cannabis cups, right? Where everybody brings in their variety, right? I haven't ever been to one, so I'm just kind of speaking from uh, what, I, what I'm imagining that they would be like, right? But I imagine, right, people bring in different varieties, and a lot of people try them, and they, you know, vote on the best one. Well, the idea here is now you don't even necessarily have to have people vote, because that would... That may even be sort of a an imperfect me a measure, right? If you just ask somebody to rate a strain one to five, right? They may just give everything a five. Um, so that may not even be the best measure. But what you could do instead is uh, you could have everybody write a review about the strain, and then you could see how positive they are, and then you could see who the winner is. Um, whoops. Drum roll, please. Um, and so, uh, with the random sampling, you know, we have the, you know, the, the most, the most, the strain with the most positive reviews being conspiracy Kush. Um, and I just wanted to show you if you don't do the. So you may actually just want to to actually just see you know which strains are maybe just in the uh, the top percentile. Uh, so let's see if we can't do that real quick. Just say oh which strain is great greater than the quantile ninetieth percentile. I think this will work. Cool. And so now you can basically get you know your your top ten favorite strains out there and this as i said this is a you know i just now this is the first time i put this list together but i think this is valuable right so if you're going to go grow cannabis you know maybe you want to you know start you know start with you know super blue you know super skunk or, or a you know blueberry cheesecake Chocolo, you know, lemon. I wonder if that's supposed to be lemon OG. But, you know, you may want, you know, to see if you can't start with the strain that, you know, people already kind of like.
cool. So that that that'll sort of tie us in nicely to 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 the last the last part here, and then and then we'll 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 get back to uh, to the cannabis industry. So once again, just coming at this from a statistical lens, with full knowledge that this data set one is imperfect two it doesn't take into consideration like the location of the users and all of this many many potentials for downsides but the idea is if you got your own body of reviews you can hopefully use these exact same statistics cool so first things first just going to rate every single review from positive to negative uh, since this is something that uh, well I guess we haven't really proven that it works yet but uh, and, and we may never really prove that it works but the idea is hopefully this can be a tool for you to use so if there's any way that you can use these tools to make better business business decisions or decisions as a consumer then you know more power to you um, in my in my book but the idea is okay we can actually see if there are any reviews here for uh, the jungle boys and pardon me that uh, i didn't realize that it was with an s for some reason i thought it was with a z but i've got you know multiple spellings here um just pardon the code but the idea is, you know, we've got tons of reviews. Um, so it would be nice if, uh, so this isn't probably, a, you know, a large enough subsample to draw any meaningful conclusion, right? We only have seven samples. But we do have, you know, seven reviews where people specifically mentioned uh, the Jungle Boys. So it's uh, some gelato orange cookies and wedding cake um and once again don't read uh too much into this because i think you would have to do a difference of means tests uh to see if so what i'm going to do here is we've got our rankings of all the reviews so these are all the reviews, positive to negative, and the average is around 0.67. So the, the nominal value, like where you actually are, in my opinion, doesn't really matter too, too much, right? Because most people are having a positive experience. The idea is, are you above average or below average? So basically what you can do is, uh, you can basically calculate the average intensity of the, the Jungle Boys reviews. So here are their, their, their products. You see, you know, this one really high this one really low 
right? 0.51 is below average. But the idea is, oh, and look at this one, 0.32. That one's well below average. Um, but the idea is if you were going to take the average of all the reviews. And so if you, as N goes large, you know, uh, Right, you want your you want your sample size to get large, but I'll I'll back it out because conditions matter. And what I what do I mean by conditions matter? Well, what if there's a system uh, there's a difference, a systemic difference by state? So what if uh, the people that gave the low reviews? What if they're in a particular state? and the people who gave the high reviews are in a different state. Well, that would have potentially meaningful implications. Um, so, so as you know, Kimberly pointed out, that matters. We don't have that data, and we're just taking a unconditional average, which as I have pointed out, hopefully in many meetups before, the more conditions you can add on your averages, typically the more interesting your statistics are. I think you could write paper upon paper just by taking conditional average after different conditional average and then doing a difference in means, right? There's no need to go do machine learning models when you can just do a difference in means test, um, in, in my opinion. Uh, but I uh, I don't know why I come at it with that that perspective, um, but I do. Uh, but long story short is, if you were going to uh, take the average sentiment of the Jungle Boys reviews, you know, at first glance, you know, it does look like they may be above average. As I was saying, we only have a sample size of seven, so we probably couldn't actually draw any statistical significance from that. But the idea is you'd want to get as many reviews as you can, get as good quality reviews as you can, and you know, repeat the analysis yourself. Um, so that's what I had to say about the statistics. Next week, we'll finally get to, to personality, maybe look at some other applications of natural language processing because as i said there are there's some other ones we can do here uh the aspect extraction is where we basically find effects we can find like the headache whether it cured a headache or caused a headache um the personality prediction i think is going to be cool depression i think is going to be really cool to study because uh, that's something that people even talk about, right, as one of the reasons why they may use cannabis is sort of they may be seeking to alleviate depression. So what would be incredibly helpful, interesting, would be to, if you had a body of reviews by user that are time-stamped, then it'd be interesting to see if their depression is changing over time. So is like are like maybe their reviews may indicate that they're really, really depressed. And 
maybe their depression may wane or maybe their depression may increase. And so the idea is if there's any way you had access to user reviews that are timestamped, say you're a dispensary, then one, you could you know, monitor to see if any users becoming unusually depressed, which, you know, you, you, that, that may be a, like, you don't, you wouldn't want that. And then two, if somebody is like actually getting, you know, depression, uh, they're alleviated, you may want to see, you know, what, what strains are you using? Like, what, how much are they consuming? Like, how are they using cannabis to, to help them out in their life? So I think that's a incredibly, incredibly cool one to study. Engagement measure. Even what reviews are you using here? Is this the what we call the forty-two thousand set? Yes. Um, yes. It's so the about, one we've been working with for a number of weeks. Exactly. I think we should now call it like twenty-two thousand set. Um, but that's what I was saying is like, uh, almost like every time we go out panning for gold, it's like, there's just always like, and I'm saying like, this isn't necessarily gold because this isn't statistically significant, but I'm just saying it's a demonstration of how you can use the model to find gold. So, uh, so I think that's gold of in and of itself. But the point being is it's almost like, every time you go and pan through this cannabis data, it's almost like you can't help but discover these interesting ways to look at the data. Um, and then- So can I make a, um, have you looked at the username count? In other words, um, most of the, um, you have, a, if I remember correctly, about 350 anonymous that you throw out. And then as you move down, the next most frequent is around 70 odd. And then there's a whole series of 60s and 50 reviews. Um, and then, of course, it goes all the way down to ones. And my sense is what one could make a good living with is look at, the, take um maybe the top 20 most frequent reviewers and look at that against the top 10 most frequent strains or something and see what kind of a living you can make. Um, it might be better to subset it and work accordingly. And you're definitely right, John. And the way I would describe this is you know there may be some knowledge with in hidden in these consumers that respond a lot so if they just leave one review it's hard to really know what to make of that um i mean there's definitely potential insights there so i don't think you should just throw it away just for the analysis today i looked at the people who left more than eight reviews which i think was around 90 people um, and once again, it's, that's just the, you know, the data that we had here. And also, um, I think I may so, be running. Um, a caveat is, um, so for example, if you take the, the reviewer 
um, who has left 70 reviews. And their handle is Chill Panda. And you look at their um, uplifted, excited, uh, energetic, uplifted response versus their relaxed, sleepy response. You find that they flip into the inverted response class. It's real clear. Others don't. And so um, my intent was to go through some of the top reviewers and see how successful I can be at assigning them to response class. But if you're going to be dealing with this globally, I think you got to stratify your users, your reviewers into the appropriate response class before you draw too many conclusions. In, I, I hope that's clear. I can show you guys in a couple of weeks as I progress through that. I'll have some figures for you're, that. You're definitely clear especially in that we need to now control for different users right and this mm -hmm. is why i really wanted to move into personality was because those are five metrics we can add on a user by user basis um in the you know if you have any uh, other ways to add user specific data then then you can supplement there um but yeah exactly well, i'll create this data set uh, or the, this response for the top reviewers and see how well I can assign them to a response class. And then if you want to see how that matches against any personality testing algorithms, go forth and prosper. I think that would be probably a good, um, a good challenge. Whenever you're doing these kinds of analyses, you want to tell a story that hangs on something else. Otherwise, it just hangs out in the breeze and um it doesn't go anywhere you gotta tie it back to a story exactly and speaking of which hopefully i can get through this so i think my computer may be a red about to run out of juice here but hopefully i can at least tell tell you the final bit of the story here to kind of bring this all home so you know where, where's this all going with with this with the sentiment analysis well so basically, right, there there was the, the frustration at the beginning that, and I, I've, I've talked with essentially legacy growers in Florida, and what I, I made the mistake of saying, oh, you know, things are going pretty good in Florida, huh? And they said, yeah, if you're cure leaf or true leaf, it's going pretty well and so you know what 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 do they you know mean by that well you know if you see you know who's licensed to operate in florida you know you'll see there's less than two dozen or so mm -hmm. companies um so you know i'm a I try to be a glass half full person and say like, hey, you know, at least, you know, some's better than none. But then my economist gets gets in me and then I start seeing like, oh, you know, like in Oklahoma, you know, you've got hundreds of different retailers uh, throughout the state. Um, and so what did they mean by what they said? Oh, it's pretty good if uh, you're, you know, you're cure leave or true leave. 
well, it's like, oh, like this is kind of what they meant, right? It's like, you know, all of these could potentially be independent companies, right? Like, and that's exactly what you see in Oklahoma, right? Instead of 24 companies with hundreds of locations, you actually see hundreds of businesses, right? And I think that's so, right? So I think we now need to look at this data and see, okay, what, what's actually going on here in Florida? And I think that's sort of what some of the the criticism is, is they they say, like, what's going on? Because I was actually speaking with uh, an investigator at the Bureau of Cannabis Control in California. And I said, you know, everyone's talking about diversion. You know, what, what what's it like? You know, is it like a, a box of eight pens? fell off the back of a truck and he said no i went to a location that was supposed to have a million vape pens and and there were none there and he said he can and did pass that information up the line but that's all that he really could do there so basically what i think people are frustrated about is there's supposedly agencies regulating this However, everybody knows that the cannabis is being diverted and sold illegally. Yet we're somehow supposed to pretend, you know, that's not happening. And what we observe is right in Florida, there's many poor or working class farmers that would love a chance to grow cannabis. And they see their government agency you know award the contract to a company from the west coast where in my opinion i think we need to change the the null hypothesis here right instead of the null hypothesis being there's no diversion can you prove diversion i like as far as california goes like in my opinion i think the null hypothesis should be there is no legal cannabis in california please provide evidence if there is and this is where i'm not trying to point fingers because i think everybody's just following their incentives i don't fault anyone on the west coast in fact people on the east coast may not have cannabis if it was not for their efforts they're following the incentives they're doing what the incentives lie so I don't think anybody should be frustrated with Jungle Boys. And in fact, it looks like people generally really like Jungle Boys and they really like their products. So if there's anyone to be frustrated at, I think it would be the Florida Department of Agriculture and every single politician in Florida. And I would now flip the null hypothesis here where the null hypothesis would be there's no fraud, there's no corruption, there's no money being changed under the table. And I'm not making any accusations here, but I would flip the null hypothesis. And I would say, I want to see evidence that things are legitimate because 
ask me what my null hypothesis is. Uh, and so that's sort of, I think, what people's frustration is in Florida. I think, you know, the, right, they, they, don't, they don't know who to be frustrated with, right? They want to be able to participate. You know, they just see everything kind of getting handed over. And it's like, you know, what, they don't want to be frustrated at Jungle Boys, right? Because they may identify uh, with Jungle Boys, right? And as I said, I don't necessarily think they're doing anything wrong. That, that's just where the incentives are. So basically, if you're in Florida and you're frustrated that, you know, you can't join in on the fine, I think... Uh, I think you kind of got to look at your politicians and uh, and that's sort of where, you know, I, I kind of just have kind of just kept following this where it's a, uh, and I, and I kind of identify with the frustration and I'm not trying to step on anyone's toes. You know, I'm out here on the West coast. I am sure I consumed some West coast cannabis in my day. So you know, no hard feelings to anyone. Really, I'm just saying like, hey, you know, I think uh, if there's any frustration, I think we may need to have some frustration with our politicians. And uh, in my opinion, vote for someone younger, right? Uh, we need a solution. So we looked at the data and I'm not trying to be ageist or anything, but, you know, we did look at the data and the younger crowd is generally more on board with cannabis being permitted so so that's all i would necessarily do like if there if there were two candidates running against each other i don't even know if i would look at political party i would just go with who who's the younger the younger chap uh or gal uh so i don't know that those are my thoughts i'm not really trying to have this be a political at all uh, I just kind of share with some of the, the frustration. But at the same time, you know, maybe this is something to, to be celebrated. I don't know. I'll kind of pass this on to you, right? Because uh, should we be a glass half full? Like, is it is it awesome that Jungle Boys are coming to Florida? Like, are they just, are they knocking down the wall? Or, uh, you know, or, you know, w will the Florida growers get, get their their chance at this so that that's my spiel those are my thoughts i'll i'll pass it back to you so today was already a controversial day so may as well uh make it a hundred percent controversial but any thoughts comments questions before before we call it a day thank you that's really uh good to know so i don't even know what the jungle boys are so i'm going to google that and i just left florida i'm four hours from massachusetts and as soon as I get back, I'll get settled and then I'll start uh, getting uh, re-engaged. Thank you so much, Keegan. It, and thanks, Candace. And you're the person who's in Florida. So don't let me tell you what you should and shouldn't do in your state. This is a I agree with you. <laughs> I agree with you. I think, you know, what frustrates me with Florida is I can grow weed up in Massachusetts, no problem, right? Because that's, I kicked all those pharmaceuticals, right? The Parkinson disease pills, everything. You saw the list, right? And uh, so it frustrates me that uh, I just can't grow in Florida. I have to actually buy medical marijuana. And, uh, but I'm, I'm grateful for that, that it's available, you know, but, uh, 
No, you rock. I think it's great. Thank you so much for what you do.